This episode is brought to you by Hostfully. Using Hostfully, you can create a free digital guidebook for your listing so that you can save time creating a professional experience for every guest that comes and visits your spot. Learn more at hostfully.com. Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Welcome, everybody. Another episode of Get Paid for Your Pad, episode number 291. And I have Anton Zulberg back on the podcast, the same guest as last week. He had so much awesome stuff to share. Lots of people reached out that they found uh, it very interesting what we were talking about. We talked about how to keep the bad Airbnb guests out by screening effectively. And Anton today, he's back to talk more about how to screen your guests, but uh, more specifically for property managers. So what if you screen, what if you skill your business, right? If you have one listing, then that's one thing you can just, every single request you get, you can personally look at it. But what if you have 20 listings or you have 50 listings over hundred, like how do you, how can you still screen guests effectively as you skill your business? So that's what we're talking about today with Anton Zilderberg, CEO of Quickstay and also CEO and founder of uh, autohost.ia, which is an automatic tool that helps you screen guests. Anton, great to have you back, man. How are you? I'm awesome. Thanks. It's autohost.ai. .ai. Do I always, I always make you, a mistake, don't You I? always say that, yeah. It's artificial intelligence, right? Artificial intelligence, that's right. Yeah. I don't know. What does IA stand for? Yeah, me neither. Intelligence Artificial. Sounds like uh, very French. <laughs> yeah, no. All right, man. So, um, so yeah, great to have you back. People really loved uh, your last episode, so I'm excited to dig in again. So we're, we're going to be talking more about uh, how to screen guests at scale. So what, what's, what's the introduction here? What can, you, what can you say? Yeah, that's awesome. So last week we actually spoke and I gave some tips for the Airbnb host or someone who's looking through all of their reservations by themselves or potentially has one or two team members. And they can look at reservation parameters, they can look at the reservation itself, and they can make a judgment call kind of on the spot. However, if you're a growing property management company and you have 50, 100 reservations coming in per day and a bunch of your support messages coming in per day, it's really, really difficult to go through each one of them and decide if it's a good reservation, a bad reservation, or a medium reservation that requires additional oversight and looking and screening through it, right? So this time we're going to be talking about how to do this at scale, what to look for, what tools exist, and what is your first line of defense, second line of defense, and how you can protect yourself and your business and most importantly, your neighbors. Awesome, man. That sounds great. So what are the risks to property management companies if they're not careful? Yeah, so we've seen in the past couple of years a lot of fraud going through short-term rentals and fraud is potentially credit card scheming and criminals who are using fraudulent identities trying to get into short-term rentals. We've seen an increase in criminal activities such as gun violence, escort services, and even drug smuggling that is happening through short-term rentals. Those are things that nobody's talking about. As well as we've seen them 
reselling hotels and reselling short-term rentals on the dark web where they purchase with fraudulent credit cards and then they go and sell it on fake websites to unsuspecting guests, of course, right? So in that case, everybody gets hurt. And for property managers, it's a big issue because property managers are trying to grow their revenues all the time, increase their occupancy all the time, go on more platforms, go on and try to limit and remove a lot of their restrictions that they have on all the OTAs. And that puts them at risk, at significant risk, if they don't have a good process and if their team is actually not trained on dealing with those issues, right? And that becomes a real big problem. So there are certain things that property managers should be looking for, and there are certain tools that property managers should be deploying. And most importantly, education, educating their team, educating their staff, and educating everyone involved of what you should be looking for. What can you say about the size of this problem? Yeah, that's actually super interesting. So what we found out is that I pulled up a research from Ernst & Young, and Ernst & Young combined the entire hospitality industry into one big chunk, and they said that fraud accounts for $150 billion per year. That's about 5 or 6% of all hospitality's revenues. That means that one in 20 reservations that a property management company processes can potentially be a fraudulent reservation. And what we've seen with AutoHost is that these fraudulent reservations come in waves. So these guys are like the traveling circus. They move from city to city and they just attack you from every single platform imaginable. Airbnb, Booking.com, Expedia, even direct bookings, right? So you need to really be careful and every single reservation that you get should be going through a similar screening process. And what we've developed with AutoHost is we have a multi-layer verification system. So once somebody sends us a request or makes a booking, we create a general risk model for them and we analyze and establish how risky is the guest going to be from a party perspective or from a rule violations perspective. However, when they also hit our portal, we actually create a digital fingerprint for them and we analyze their geolocation and we run a bunch of different checks on their ID, on their credit card, and using a bunch of different software and a bunch of different practices to make sure that they're not actually a fraudulent reservation. And that means that they're not behind some form of a VPN or a proxy server, right? We actually found out that about 20% of all guests fall into the problematic guests, right? So... 20% of your guests account for 100% of your problems, which is just crazy. So you don't want this, you definitely don't want to have those guests. You do not want to have those guests and you never know when they're going to come and you never know when they're going to attack you. And what's interesting is that what we found out through our property management companies that we get more problematic guests in the down season when we have a lot more availability, right? When our occupancy is relatively lower compared to the high season, of course. We also discount the rate, which means that it attracts more of those bad guests and the lead time becomes shorter. I'm not saying that all shorter lead times are bad guests, right? It's just that they just happen to fall into that category more frequently. Got it. So let's talk about solutions. Awesome. Some of the solutions that currently exist, like NoiseAware, which is just a phenomenal product and we've been using it since basically the beginning, it's all retroactive, right? So... The issue with that is that when somebody gets to the property, that's when you need to deal with it. So when you have a noise alert, that's when you need to react on a noise alert, right? That's a little bit of an issue because if you have a fraudulent reservation, how do you kick them out? 
that's an issue, right? So you need to have a process in place. You have security cameras, which a lot of property managers like to employ. However, it only shows you what's happening in real time. You also have some different types of creative solutions like CO2 sensors and a combination of door locks and noise sensors that give you a picture. You also have companies that are looking at Wi-Fi, for example, how many people are connected to your Wi-Fi and lets you know that it exceeded the amount that they're expecting inside and there's a potential party. That's the, all of those are retroactive solutions and they only help you deal with the problem once the problem already exists. And currently there's very limited amount of systems that exist to proactively make sure that you do not have the bad guest entering the property before you send the check instructions. And Autohost is there to solve that problem. Autohost does that by ranking the guests as I explained before, and then sending them into a dynamic funnel based on different types of information that becomes available to us at the time that the guest enters our portal. So if a guest was a potentially low risk reservation, once they came into our portal, once we analyze them again for potential for fraud, they could leave as really high risk guests. And at that point, we check their identity, their digital identity, we check their social networks, we check their emails, we check their phones, we check their ID to make sure that it hasn't been altered or it's fake, we check their credit card, which is really important, and we check if it's a prepaid, postpaid credit card. We actually check who issued that credit card and does it match the same country. So if the person is coming in from England, we're expecting the credit card issuer or the credit card bank to be issued in England as well. Right? And we're expecting it to be a normal credit card, not a prepaid credit card, because you can buy a prepaid credit card online as well. Right? Those are some of the solutions that we're working on. And the best solution is actually education. And education and teaching your team and your company about security and safety is something that is one of the most important things that a company can do. It exists in security overall. It exists in all the biggest enterprise companies. They have security and safety training for their entire teams. And what's interesting is that we've seen the bad people, these criminals, they have managed to social engineer themselves through a bunch of the verification systems that regular Airbnb hosts have, right? They already know what to say. They already know what type of request they should be making. And the example, an example that I can use is at the beginning when they started, they were sending a request just for one day with a local phone number and it was fairly last minute. A lot of hosts and a lot of property management companies already know that it's high risk. So what these guys have started doing is they started making these requests for way longer, for a week, uh, where the ADR, the average daily rate, and the entire cost of the reservation is significantly higher. And they're saying that they're coming in for an anniversary or coming in for a birthday and they're coming in just them, their spouses and child, for example, and they have a completely believable story. They also provide you with an ID and an imprint of the credit card, for example, or a picture of the credit card, right? But none of those actually check out. So the biggest thing is education, teach your team, educate them of what are the consequences, what to look for, how to do that, and use any form of measuring tools that you have at your disposal to make sure that these people are not getting into your units and most importantly, if they are already inside your units, you've got to know about it, right? And at the end of the day, if they're inside the unit and they're trashing your unit and you don't get paid, that really sucks. That's not what you're in business for. 
Right. So you're saying that these guys are getting uh, a lot more uh, sophisticated, but I'm just curious, like, I know you recommend that, um, you know, people should collect IDs from, especially from high risk reservations. I mean, what is the idea that are fake? Like, how do I know that it's a fake ID? Yeah, that's a good question. So what you have to do is you actually have to use some form of an ID verification system. It's not enough to just ask for, uh, for the guest to send an email with the ID because you don't really know. You're not trained. You and your team are not trained to spot these fake IDs. So you need to look at some form of a service, and there's a handful of them that provide ID validation. And that's one of the best ways to secure and check for fake IDs, of course, right? The question that I always get is what happens if the ID is actually fake? What do we do, right? Well, these are practical considerations. You should not let the guest in ever, right? And you should collect additional pieces of information from them, like collect the security deposit and make sure that the security deposit doesn't get flagged for fraud. If the credit card doesn't get flagged for fraud, you should ask them to provide social media information. If they're coming in for business, ask them for their LinkedIn profile, right? Or ask them to send you an email from their business account from their email business account right register with their domain i mean i'm sure that you have a get paid for your pad domain where you can send an email from saying that you're a legitimate person called jasper and this is what you do right so people who come in for business are the ones who should have some form of an email address associated with their company what about privacy laws because i know in a lot of countries uh, especially here in europe that uh you know you have to have all these uh this stuff in place. I think for my website, I need to set something up as well. I think because when you collect any form of information, you know you're um, you're kind of exposed to all these privacy laws and stuff. Is, do you have anything to comment on when it comes to privacy laws? Yeah, privacy laws are actually super interesting because in the majority of countries, with uh, Europe with the GDPR, um, as well as in Canada and even in the US, you're not allowed to store personally identifiable information or PI, right? And a lot of property managers, what they're doing is once they get a fake ID, they start blasting it across their networks or across WhatsApp or Facebook and saying, hey, this person is this and this and this and that, and I'm suspecting this and this and that, right? That's incriminating as well as they're sharing somebody else's information without them consenting to it. Whether it's fake or not, they should still have some form of a consent. And that becomes a real big issue. So property managers should not save or hold any form of information that is completely unnecessary for them. They should just validate that the information is correct at the time that the guest passed them that information and then dispose of that information. And that's incredibly important. In Europe as well, right, you have more of these information, more of these privacy laws um, introduced all the time. And at the end of the day, a property management company that has 2,000, 3,000, 10,000 properties does not want to be a target of any form of an attack trying to steal all of that information from them, right? That's really bad practice and that's unnecessary exposure. So the best practice here, and that's taking from overall best security practices, is to completely dispose of that information after you've verified that the information is accurate. When you're traveling to a new country, knowing the basic information can make a big difference. Hopefully you've spent thousands of hours building a platform that solves this problem. When you log on to Hostfully and create a guidebook, you'll rest easy knowing that you've got all the bases covered. Our guidebook sections are easy to understand, can be translated into nine languages, and make sure to hit on all the most important information that your guests might need. Creating a guidebook takes just a few minutes, and it will do wonders for your guests. Learn more at Hostfully.com.
One of the things that we spoke about that really fascinated me is the fact that you can actually increase your revenues by having a very efficient screening process because you can kind of drop the, the booking restrictions like instant booked, cancellation policy, stuff like that. You can basically accept more guests because you can actually rely on your own screening processes after the guests have booked. And then if you figure out that it's, it's, there's something wrong, then you can also always cancel the reservation, right? Because you're using instant book, you can cancel as many times as, as, as you want if you have a legitimate concern. So that's, that sounds fascinating because I know a lot of hosts use uh, or they don't use instant booked or they have other booking restrictions in place because they're worried about what could happen to their property. And so can you, can you explain a little bit more about how you can increase revenues and at the same time accept more guests? Yeah, so false positives are a real big problem in the industry and profiling is a real big problem in the industry, right? And what ends up happening is a lot of hosts, they either end up putting a lot of booking restrictions, so a minimum of two days, three days, five days, whatever. I've heard a large property management company tell me that they have a minimum of five days and they don't allow instant book. That means that they're losing on so much revenue. The OTAs are not rewarding them by showing their availability because... 75% of Airbnb's bookings are instant book at the moment. So anyone who's not on instant book loses that exposure. Anyone who has a restriction of five days, you can only fit so many five-day bookings, right? Why would someone go to you versus someone who has our calendar completely open? And what's the most interesting part about what we've seen from our partners and from our clients is once you start removing a lot of these booking restrictions, the OTAs by themselves reward you because your calendar is more exposed. And you'll end up getting a lot more reservations. Not all of these reservations are good, right? But if you have a vigorous screening process, then you can deny the bad reservations and keep the good reservations, helping you increase your revenues and increase your profits and bottom line. Some of the things that we've seen is that once you remove these booking restrictions from the OTAs, you're able to increase your revenue significantly. And at the end of the day, when you're a $10 million company and you, once you remove your booking restrictions, you can increase them by 10%, 15%. You just made $1.5 million. That's a lot of money that you're leaving on the table from unsold inventory. And the thing is about hospitality is you're selling it by the date. So if you haven't sold the date, it's gone forever. You can't make that money again, right? So you need to really find a good balance of what is your risk tolerance versus how much are you screening and what is your process in the upside of that is that you you will increase your revenue significantly and hotels have been doing it for years the revenue strategy for a hotel is to sell in advance as much as they can um, and about 50% or 60% or so particularly in the slow season and then once it gets closer to the date they just jack up the rates right because that's when they make the most amount of money and that's a strategy that short-term rental operators, particularly property management companies, can employ as well. Sell some of that inventory ahead of time and then keep some of that inventory and just jack up the rates really, really high. And the upside of that is that you'll get record ADRs. And this is what we've seen at our property management company as well when we employed that tactic and we were able to increase our ADR by about 30% year over year using that same tactic that hotels are doing combined with excellent screening and validation of the guests. Wow, that's pretty incredible. So what are some other benefits of having an effective screening policy in place? 
Yeah, that's a good question. So as I mentioned before, the OTAs themselves reward you when you have an open calendar, when you don't have any booking restrictions, right? That's just a given. So you're higher up in rankings, you'll be found faster. You have additional revenue opportunities that didn't exist before by hosting locals and booking these last minute gaps effectively. So you can increase that revenue and reduce those gaps. What's interesting is that a lot of hosts and a lot of property management companies simply don't accept locals. What we found out is that in the slow season, accepting those locals accounted for about 40% of our revenues, right? People from two, three hours away from a metropolitan area want to come into the metropolitan area for entertainment, for shows or whatnot, right? There's always the risk that they'll bring their friends. So you need to set your expectations accordingly and you need to hold them accountable to it by effectively screening them and letting them know what, are the, what the consequences are, that you have noise sensors inside, that you have security and all that. And most importantly, the benefits of screening guests is that you'll be able to sleep better at night, right? If you're constantly worried about uh, trouble, some guests and people who are unwanted in your properties, then you're uneasy with your business. And that's not a good business practice. What's, uh, the other interesting parts for property management companies is by when you accept these locals and when you accept these, what is deemed to be a high risk reservation, you actually have a competitive advantage over somebody who doesn't do that. And that's incredibly important because if at the end of the day, your management company and you're able to show your owners and your investors that you can deliver higher returns to them, then that's incredibly powerful for you to gain more properties and continue growing your business at a record pace. Another interesting part is that operators said using a screening service or a screening system was an excellent selling tool to acquire more properties and more master leases. So some of our clients, by using Autohost, they went to their property management companies and said, listen, we are using this artificial intelligence-based product. We have background checks in place. We screen risky guests like no one else. We want additional inventory. We are the ones who are responsible. We are the ones who are keeping the building safe. Therefore, the property management company rewards them by giving them additional inventory to manage. And one of our clients, he actually grew really quickly using our software because he had a, an established relationship with a really big property management company and he grew from 10 properties to about 50 properties in a span of a couple of months, which is just fascinating. That's really, that's really awesome. I can totally imagine that, by the way, if I would own a property and somebody asked me to manage it on, on Airbnb, that would be a big thing, just knowing that uh, you have your own screening process in place so you're not dependent on the OTAs. Yeah. Um, actually, uh, what's interesting is that a lot of people rely on and say, hey, but Airbnb does process. Airbnb has their own screening system. Airbnb collects IDs. Well, what we found out is, first of all, yes, Airbnb does a much better job than, let's say, Expedia or Booking.com, VRBO, and all of those. However, it's still not perfect. And when Airbnb verifies the ID, it verifies it at the time of uh, sign-up. And if somebody, let's say I pay you, right? Let's say I have a criminal charge or whatever, I'm up to no good. And I pay you $200 to just open up an account and make a reservation for me. Then how do you really make sure that uh, the person who's unwanted does not enter the property? It's very, very difficult to do, right? So you need to, do, you need to have multiple verifications in place at the time of booking, at the time of entry, and all of those to actually verify those guests. And just for comparison sakes, Airbnb does about nine verifications. Autohost does somewhere around 2,000 different verifications and tests. So we do a significant amount of 
desks and background checks and profiling, uh, digital profiling, to make sure that those who are unwanted do not actually find themselves inside one of your properties. So what would your advice be to somebody who runs, let's say, somewhere between five and 20 units or something, and, and, and they want to grow and they want to start you know, putting more processes and, and uh, checks in place to, to make sure that they screen effectively and uh, avoid fraudless situations and avoid uh, bad guests? What would be your advice? What kind of, um, what, what's out there on the market currently and what, what can they do? Sure. So one of the things that they got to do, absolutely must do, is they have to set the expectations for the guests and they have a system for that. They need to train their team on what to look for exactly and what are the consequences. And it becomes really difficult to do when you're trying to focus on customer service as well, right? And so it, the most practical considerations is collect the guest ID and verify the ID charge a security deposit and make sure that it actually passes and doesn't have any red flags. Make sure to validate the phone number, even calling the guest every single time if you're suspecting that it's a fraudulent reservation and just speaking to them over the phone. I mean, with a two-minute conversation, you can get a lot of information. Some of the interesting things that we've seen is that those potentially fraudulent reservations, once you call them over the phone, they never pick up and they immediately respond with an SMS. So they're uncomfortable speaking to you over the phone. If somebody responds to you with an SMS and saying, hey, what's up? That's a flag, right? If you see that there's a red flag, don't take any chances and just either decline the reservation if you can, or alternatively, if you can decline the reservation, if there's any restrictions, try to check them in and tell them, listen, somebody will be checking you in, collecting your IDs, collecting your security deposit, you'll sign a rental agreement, there's security in the building, there's noise sensors inside the unit. If you're up to no good, just don't show up, right? Those are all things that you can do. And down the line, if it's really important and if you're really suspecting somebody is fraudulent, you can even run a background check on them. And there's plenty of services that are available to do that. Some of the downsides with the background check is that it requires consent and sharing the information. So AutoHost built a way to do that non-invasive uh, non background check that abides by all regulatory environments and privacy laws. Those are some of the things that you can do. What I always advise to property managers is that, look, you can have your first line of defense. If somebody still gets in, have a system in place to monitor those high risky guests. Right? And that system in place is by, uh, you, you should employ something like NoiseAware or any other noise monitoring tools. You should have a security camera installed on the outside, never on the inside, that's bad, right? Unless you disclose that. You can have different types of sensors like Wi-Fi sensing devices, or you can have CO2 sensors. And of course, most importantly, use AutoHost. It actually works. What's the pricing on AutoHost? We have our guest verification portal where it starts at $2. This is the element of when a reservation is made. The guest gets a link to verify some of their information. And if you enable ID collection and verification, security deposit, our fraud model, our locality model, and background checks, it can get anywhere to about $10 per verification. Right now, what we're doing is for the first 200 clients or so that are coming from get paid for your pad we're giving you a flat fee of five dollars per verification we have a special offer for all get paid for your pad customers our guest verification portal starts at just two dollars and if you add additional modules like id verification our fraud model our locality model you get all of that for a flat fee of five dollars which is an amazing offer for you guys Awesome, man. Thanks. What can people do if they want more information? Like, where can they get a hold of you? Yeah, for sure. I'm encouraging you to go to autohost.ai, 
and read through some of our blogs. There's also a chat bot that goes directly to us and one of our team members. You can send us an inquiry or an email through our website and we'll be more than happy to book you in for a demo, show you how the product works, provide you with additional education, and let us know if anything is broken in your process. And we generally try to provide you with as much guidance to solve those problems. Awesome, dude. That's, uh, that's really cool. Um, just for fun, to, to end this episode, uh, what, what's, what are some of the biggest issues you've personally had with your guests? Because I know you, you run over like 100 units in, uh, in, in Canada, so I'm sure you've had your uh, fair share of issues. Yeah, for sure. I actually have some funny stories. So we had this one time that we accepted a guest who said that it's him and his girlfriend coming in and it was happened to be on Halloween. That was when we just had a handful of units, maybe five or six or something like that. And we were oblivious that it was Halloween and it's high risk. All of a sudden, noise sensors were just going through the roof. Uh, so we sent our secu security team inside, and we found a 5,000-amp system with about 25 people partying in an 800-square-foot condo. We were like, what the hell are you guys thinking? What, what did you think that was going to happen when you brought this? Luckily, we had a good process, a good procedure. We kicked them all out, um, and the noise only lasted for about 30 minutes or so from the time that they entered the unit and started partying. So we had a good procedure. Some of the less happy experiences that we've had, unfortunately, is that we used that we had uh, people coming in with stolen credit cards inside, and they used prepaid credit cards, like a prepaid Mastercard, to enter the unit, and they trashed the unit. And unfortunately, we lost the money. We had to uh, get a lot of uh, cover a lot of those costs for repairing the unit and all the downside as well. So those are some of the more unpleasant situations that we've had. So right now we are aware, our team is aware of everything that they should be looking out for. They know what the consequences are and we just take no chances. That's not something that we want to put our neighbors through. That's not something that we want to put our business through, our owners, our properties. And most importantly, it really takes the focus from growing your management company to dealing with those situations. Because if our property manager and one of our, manager, one of our team members need to deal with cleaning up after a party, that's not a good experience for our team. That's not a good experience for our cleaning team. That's not a good experience for our neighbors. That's not a good experience for our, the buildings that we work with and for the owners that we serve. And you think that if you would have had the, the knowledge and the processes in place that you have now with AutoHost, you think those experiences would have happened? Definitely. Because if these guys would have been able to get through to our units, we would have been able to hold them legally accountable for their actions because we've verified all of their information ahead of time. I mean, they signed a rental agreement and a rental contract that they're not allowed to violate some of those rules. All of those other people that entered the units in that party on Halloween, they were all deemed to be trespassers so we could actually charge them. And in Canada where we live, that's a criminal charge. Question number one, do you think with your current systems in place, you would have prevented this from happening? And then the question number two is, like, would you have been able to uh, recover the damages from them? For sure. So with our current systems in place, we would have been able to prevent them from even entering the unit because nobody wants to arrange and advertise a party to their friends just to find themselves evicted from the property and possibly sued for illegal charges and trespassing. If those people would have gone through your system and they actually would have gotten access to the, to the homes, would you have been able to recover the damages from them? Yeah, sure. So because we collect a significant amount of personal information and we validate that personal information, so their ID and their credit card and they send a rental usage agreement, we would actually be 
able to hold them accountable for their actions and potentially sue them in court. Those are obviously expenses and time spent that we don't want to deal with per se. However, with our system, with all the amount of information that we're collecting, with all the process that we have, we can hold them accountable for their actions, right? And that's really, really important. And that's the message that we're getting across to these guests who up to no good that, listen, if you come in and you trash the place and you bring additional people, there are consequences to your actions. We are monitoring you. We do not want you there if that is your intent. This is not what this product was designed for. This is not why we serve our owners. This is not what these properties were designed for. Go look for a property that was designed for this. I mean, if you go on Airbnb and you search for properties that allow for events, then you'll be able to get those. Use those properties. Go rent a commercial property that allows you to have a party inside. Well, it just happens. Commercial property costs five times more money than residential property, right? So that's why these people are abusing those rules and laws that all of us property managers have in place. Awesome, Anton. Well, thanks so much uh, for sharing all your knowledge. Uh, I can totally say that you are the one person that knows the most about screening guests by a pretty wide margin of at least people that I've met uh, in the Airbnb and short term rental industry. Before I finish this episode, I have a really exciting announcement to make, by the way, because uh, we just launched a website, strlegends.com, where you can all see a video of our last event, our SCR Legends Live event in, uh, in Puerto Rico, where Anton was actually one of the STR legends. Uh, it's now about six weeks ago. Feels like it's, it's, uh, it was this yesterday. Yeah, actually, that was an awesome event, and I had so much fun. It's so much different from any other event that I've been to. The people that were there were just phenomenal. Everybody was so knowledgeable and experienced, and everyone wanted to share their experiences, their knowledge, the event itself was organized in such an awesome way and I had so much fun. The house itself was just so phenomenal, right? It had a pool and it was overlooking the ocean. It was just marvelous and the food was awesome. So thanks, Jasper. Yeah, absolutely. No, I had a great time too. Um, but yeah, check it out, strlegends.com. It just went up uh, yesterday actually and uh, you, can, uh, you can see the video. Um, it's pretty it's pretty amazing and we're uh, actually organizing uh, the next couple of events we're working on organizing the next couple of events so more updates on that uh, in later podcasts of course all right Anton well thanks so much for joining this was really interesting and to the audience uh, thanks for listening and of course if you have any questions uh, reach out Jasper at getpaidforyourpad.com I'm also doing live streams on Monday and Wednesday, Monday on YouTube, 9 a.m. PST or 12 p.m. EST, or Wednesday, same time, 9 a.m. PST or 12 p.m. EST on uh, Facebook in the Get Paid for Your Pad uh, Facebook group. So if you want to join that, then just join the group or request to join the group and I'll, uh, I'll approve you. All right, that's it uh, for now. Thanks for listening and until next week. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet.